What's up, guys? Welcome in to another edition of the X's and Notes podcast. I am Jackson Peoples alongside Matthew Landry. And Alabama completing the sweep of Auburn with a 70-58 to home win. And, Matt, you know, it was ugly at times. You know, it came out – Alabama came out of the gate. It looked like they were going to just um, impose their will on Auburn. You know, they kind of stretched the lead out a little bit. I mm-hmm. think they were up uh, 10 or 11, you know, midway through the first half. And then they just – things that have been happening recently that have started happening again. You know, Alabama couldn't make shots. Um, and they just couldn't get into a flow offensively. So, um, what did you see in the, those first 20 minutes um, of Tuesday's game? Yeah, so the first thing is that, that opening set we ran for the JP dunk, I want to run that every play for every game. Yeah, let's talk um, about that. that so, I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah, and and I said on the account, I knew that um, Oates would start working in some, like, veer screens into mm-hmm. – his sets because that's like the big thing in the NBA now and right. Michigan does it a lot too. It's kind of like making its way down to college. But yeah, I, I'm guessing they scouted that. I think it was Flanagan who was guarding Petty. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of re- knew that he was maybe a ball watcher and they ran it towards Petty's side. And yeah, it was a really nice lob. Um, you know, we don't run a ton of sets, but when we do, they're usually pretty, uh, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and that's – I think that's the reason that you and me both say it all the time, that we wish we ran a little bit more, just because when we do run it, it's successful for the most part with pretty much anything we're going to run unless we just miss an open shot because we're getting good looks, I'd say, 99% of the time when we actually run sets. So that's why I'd like to see it just incorporate a little bit more, whether it's a lob to JP every time. Because it seems like every time we run JP off a lob, whether it's off an Iverson or whatever it may be, it seems like it's always there. Even in a mm-hmm. – which game was it, I guess, Arkansas – where Herb had it at the elbow, had the shot to lob it to JP, and then he kicked back out to Bruner, who was coming back for the three, which Bruner hit yeah. the shot because he's the greatest player ever. <laughs> but, like, every time we run a lob set for Petty, it seems like it's there. Am I wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, they – because I just what he provides as a shooter, you know, people play right. over the top of him so much. Um, and on that one in the Arkansas game, I think they were – they had – plan that counter for, you know, to set the down screen for Bruner and pop for the yeah. three. So I don't think that hey, they were necessarily looking for that like they should have, but right. yeah, that option was definitely there. Um, and like you said, it is open a lot. I would, for our sets and actions, I want them to run stuff to get looks at the rim, you know, or get yeah. guys going downhill because they generate enough open threes, you know, just naturally. You don't really have to run a ton of stuff. I mean, if it gets into a late game, you know, situation or an ATO or a baseline out of bounds, you know, where you can get something easy, then yeah. But they need to just find ways to get shots at the rim. Um, because again, you know, another, um, they, they finished 17 of 33 from two, but there are still some issues finishing around the rim um, as there have been um, all year. And, you know, the but the big thing to me was, just another night where they couldn't get threes to fall, you know, mm-hmm. other than Shackleford going five for nine. Um, you know, Petty was three of eight. That's not terrible at all. Um, but just 10 for 35 overall, you know, 29%. Alabama's a better shooting team than 29%. Um, and that's what kept Auburn around in the game. You know, Auburn is not good defensively. Um, and Alabama was getting a lot of open looks. They just couldn't cash in. Um, mm-hmm. So, Matt, is it just kind of time to accept that 
Alabama just doesn't have – is not a great three-point shooting team? Or do you think it's going to um, have some positive uh, regression to the mean? So I think it's going to have some positive regression to the mean, like you said. Um, I do think this team is a lot better of a three-point shooting team than they've showed in these last few. Um, I don't think they're the three-point shooting team we saw against LSU and, you know, even Georgia where they were just – seemed like they knocked down everything. Um, I do think this team is a team that could consistently shoot around 35 36%, which if you do that, you're going to win most of the games you play with the way that Alabama defends as well. Um, which is what, what, they're, what they're at for the season, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, I yeah. think they are. Um, so I, I do think that they're going to see – we're going to see that improve. And I really do believe that this team is – more set for a tournament type of field. Um, so I think we could see that in the SEC tournament. Um, it's looking like more than likely we're going to get a shot at Kentucky on Friday morning, um, which that's something we'll talk about even more um, on the next podcast. Um, but I do think that they're built for a, a setting like the SEC tournament. We even saw in Maui, you know, the first game in Maui against Stanford, they defended us really well, but also the open shots we got just weren't falling. Then it gets UNLV shots were falling a little bit more. Then it gets Providence. They were really knocking down shots. So I do think the more this team plays, I, I want to say in the same gym, but, you know, this is in Coleman. They've struggled in Coleman down the stretch here. But I do think once they're playing, you know, there's not a four-day gap and they're in the same gym over and over again. I think this team's going to start to see a bigger bucket as they get more reps in those gyms and such. Yeah, you know, I think the same. I mean, with the amount of threes that they shoot, you know, it all is going to even out eventually. I mean, this is a little bit of a rough patch um, shooting-wise. It is frustrating when you're getting those open looks and they're not going down, but there's nothing really you can do except just keep shooting them. Um, you know, I thought Alabama did a good job, though, of uh, getting what they – what Auburn was letting them have at the rim. Um, you know, Shaq was really good in this game. You know, he's quietly now the leading scorer of over two points. Um when it was really like bunched together with a bunch of guys at like 11, 12 points per game. Um, you know, he's really kind of carried the load offensively for Alabama in this stretch where they've, where we'd like to talk about them, uh, you know, having some rough patches on offense. You know, he's been the guy that stepped up and, you know, it was, he was doing it from two, even when he was struggling shooting the ball, um, you know, he was able to get into the paint and make some things happen. But then he kind of puts it all together against Auburn. Uh, goes five for nine from three, three of seven from two. Um, and finishes with 23 points. You know, nobody else had more than 11. Um, Quinterly had a pretty good game. He was getting to the rim, um, had some really impressive finishes, um, was really uh, doing well getting off, uh, getting downhill off ball screens, um, also had three assists. But, um, you know, Petty was fine, uh, but, you know, didn't get much from Primo, didn't get much from uh, production from the rest of the bench guys. Um, so it was kind of, Shackleford, who um, put Alabama over the top here. You know, if he doesn't have a great game, um, you know, it could have been a lot closer. So what did you see from Shaq in this game and some of the previous games where he's really hit his stride? Yeah, so Shaq's – I mean, he's a lot more confident is what you're seeing game by game. And you could kind of feel that from the presser. I guess it was right before the Auburn game where, you know, they kind of asked Shaq how he's going to get out of the slump, and he said he was going to keep shooting, and he made that evident in this Auburn game as he was the best shooter on the floor. Um, so I think Shaq's one of those guys that he's going to shoot regardless. Like, Shaq's never seen a shot that he doesn't like. Um, we know it all too well. At times we love it. At times we hate it. Um, but Shaq is what he is at this point. He's a scorer, and 
you know, people keep saying, you know, Alabama doesn't have this go-to guy. You know, we look for it to be Herb at times. We look for it to be JP or JQ. It, it's kind of quietly Shaq. Like, I don't think people yeah. realize that Shaq is the leading scorer by about two points now. Um, I think a lot of people would be surprised if you told them that, if they just kind of casually watch this team. Um, Shaq's always in double figures, and he's always – he's getting to the rim. He's getting to the free throw line. Um, even if it's not the most efficient ways to get there, he's getting there. Um, you know, Shaq's one of those guys, too, where I feel like we talk about all the time. You know, he goes into contact a little bit better. He's someone who can get to the line eight, ten times a game with how much he's around the rim. Um, he also plays really hard on the glass. So he's a guy that's going to fight for those extra offensive rebounds that are kind of scrappy. Uh, he's going to fight for defensive boards so he can push himself, uh, whether it be him getting to the basket or kicking out. So Shaq's been – all around, I think he's been a better offensive player because I think he is starting to get a little bit more efficient. He's starting to turn down some shots a little bit more than we saw earlier on, which has been good to see. He's starting to kind of take himself back out rather than aimlessly go into the rim, which, don't get me wrong, he still does it at times. Um, there was one time in the game where he went straight to Akimbola, and Akimbola volleyball spiked it down. Um, that's going to happen from time to time. But we love Shaq. I mean, he carried us in this Auburn game. This game should have been a 20-plus point blowout, if we're being honest. I mean, Auburn turned the ball over um, 23 times, and a lot of them were just self-inflicted turnovers by Auburn. So the fact that we won this game by 12 was a bit frustrating, um, but Shaq's the reason we won this game by 12. And we, re if he could have gotten a little bit more help, we would have won this game going away. Yeah, and, you know, defensively, Alabama was one of their better games. And, you know – it was kind of played right into their hands because Auburn, you know, with no with Sharif not playing, um, with Justin Powell still out, they don't have a point guard. Like Jamal Johnson was running the point guard, and he is the furthest thing from that. Um, so, you know, they really didn't have a ton offensively. This team can't shoot. Um, so, you know, they really rely on their front court. Um, and then, you know, JT Thor wasn't able to do much. Um, Jalen Williams led him in scoring, um, but you know they did could, they weren't able to get a whole lot going offensively. Um, and when you don't have a point guard, especially one who uses the ball as much as Sharif does, like you know he's top five in like usage rate. So those guys aren't used to handling the ball. So when Sharif's not there, um, things can get pretty ugly. And and Alabama did a good job of putting pressure on some of those guys. Um, that aren't used to handling the ball. But, yeah, like you said, a lot of them were just – Auburn just handing the ball over to Alabama in the first half. You know, I think they had ten turnovers in, like, the first eight or nine minutes of yeah. the game. Um, yeah. And then what was frustrating was that Alabama just wasn't able to capitalize. You know, we've talked about how we wanted to get out and transition more. Um, you know, you have 13 steals in a game. Um, you know, you probably – especially with how Auburn likes to play a little fast, too – probably want to score more than 70 points and more than a point per possession. Um, so I thought Alabama could have done some better things in transition um, in this game. But, you know, one thing that was interesting in this um, game was Alex Reese playing seven minutes. Um, you know, Gary played 12. Uh, Rojas played seven. You know, Alabama kind of went to a uh, – I think with Bruner getting a little back in his groove now, you know, he played 17, but they played some guard heavy lineups, you know, obviously we're used to that, but, you know, her playing 33 minutes, Shaq 31, Petty 31, Quinterly 29. 
you know, they're kind of leaning on those guys now um, down the stretch. So do you think that we see the bench shortened a little bit as we move into uh, conference tournament play and then the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I think this game is going to show a lot more where I think minutes will look like in the SEC and NCAA tournament. And obviously a big part of that is going to be dependent on matchups. If you're playing a team with bigs, you're going to see Reese and probably Rojas and Gary get a little bit more minutes. Um, Auburn doesn't have, you know, really great big men, especially on the offensive end. Um, like Dylan Cardwell and Akimbola, they're not scoring threats unless they're just getting wide open dunks. Um, JT Thors, he's kind of like a hybrid forward. I wouldn't even really consider him a big. Um, but same thing with him. I mean, he's not like a great shooter. He's a guy that's not going to – he's not a great creator for himself. Um, so if you're getting matched up with a team like Auburn who wants to play a little bit faster, they want to not, you know, bang around down low, I think you're going to see minutes like this where you see some really guard-heavy lineups. I think that benefits Alabama. I think Alabama's going to be at their best when they can play, you know, JQ, Herb, Shaq, Petty, even like Ellis in there. I think that's a really good lineup for a small bowl lineup for them. Um, and if you want to swap one of those wings out and throw Gary in there, even though he's not big, he makes up a lot of, for rebounding and for – you know, just energy with blocks and deflections. Um, so I, I think that the minutes we saw were probably a little bit more indicative of what it's going to look like down the stretch. I think Alabama did play their better lineups for the most part. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. You know, I, I don't know that it's only going to be, you know, Alex Reese only plays seven minutes going forward. Um, I did see some stuff on Twitter, you know, who, who knows how accurate it was that his knee was hurting him a little bit. Um, so we'll see if that's true or not moving forward. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something to watch. Yeah, and just, you know, he wasn't um, much scoring-wise. You know, Herb only had 10 points, mm -hmm. um, but seven rebounds and six assists and three steals, you know, just another really good all-around game from him. Um, you know, if he's picking up some – it seems like he's everybody's pick for SEC Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind, of the, it's kind of a weird year for that. You know, there's only two teams that are ranked um, – from the SEC right now, Alabama and Arkansas. Arkansas doesn't really have a guy um, that stands out. And, you know, Alabama doesn't really either. You know, Herb, you could argue, is the best player. That would be my opinion as well, just because of everything he provides all around. But um, he's like Alabama's, like, third-leading scorer, um, maybe fourth-leading scorer. And, um, you know, so it's just – it's kind of weird, but he was – he's been – he was had a quietly um, really productive game um, against Auburn. And it was really, really awesome to see him and Herb – or him and Petty and Reese um, and those guys get to get, you know, their like – their ovation there at the end. Because um, they've been – you know, they spent four years at Alabama and they've all, you know, played significant minutes um, all those four years. And – it's been some ups and downs and some coaching changes and whatnot, but um, that was really cool to see them get to go out. You know, their last game at Coleman Coliseum was cutting down the nets. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really fun to see. Um, but other than that, like I said, the defense was really good, but then at the same time, you looked at Auburn offensively and, you know, they just, they couldn't really get anything going offensively. They, like you said, they turned the ball over a ton, you know, don't have a point guard right now. Um, so they're just kind of limping towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. um, but, Matt, what did you think of Alabama, um, how they kind of closed Auburn out in the second half with, um, you know, they got a little bit of energy defensively, 
and were able to get some uh, big buckets and, you know, Shaq was able to carry them. How, what do you think when Alabama gets into a tournament setting, who do they look to for, to close that game or can they do it kind of by committee? So I, I think it's by committee. Um, I don't know if you can look to, you know, just a, a go-to guy for um, a tournament setting to go get a bucket. I don't know if you can look at a go-to lineup necessarily to close the game. Because, I mean, like we've said, everything with tournaments is all matchup dependent. Um, but I do think that closing games, you could have a committee base of, you know, the starting five that we've seen with Bruner, Jones, Primo, Shaq, Petty, uh, and then throw Ellis and Quinterly in there. I think you could see committee of any of those guys. Um, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, your committee is going to be mainly, you know, made of JP, Shaq, Herb, JQ, and if you need a big in there, you're going to throw Brunner in there. Otherwise, you're probably going to throw Ellis just based on the way he's playing right now. Um, if Primo gets going, Primo's in a, any closing lineup you're going to have. He's one of those guys that once he starts seeing a big bucket, he's going to stay off court because he's so impactful. Um, that's just not happening right now. Um, but I, for a tournament setting, I think that, you know, Herb Jones is a guy that could really make a splash in the tournament, um, whether it be SEC, NCAA, or both because he's just such a mismatch problem. You know, you can't put a guard on him because he's capable of backing down, getting to the rim and passing over him. Put a bigger guy on him. He's so quick and good with his body that he's going to get to the rim, um, which is where he wants to get anyway. Um, so I think Herb's probably the guy you're going to look to in a tournament setting. But, you know, whenever you have guys like Shaq, who's capable of getting to the rim and capable of knocking down shots when he's seen a big bucket, JP's one of those guys where if he hits his first shot, you could be in for a really long night. Um, so they just have – they have so many guys who can kind of take over games in tournament settings who can just leave big impacts, whether it be only scoring 10 and making big plays on defense and making an extra pass or wh whatever it may be. So I think it's more of a team approach and committee approach in these settings. I agree with you. But at the same time, I think that there's no player that can raise Alabama's ceiling quite like Herb. Um, you know, we've seen – his kind of, we've talked about his struggles, how he hasn't scored in double digits since um, mm -hmm. outside of that Georgia game um, for quite, a, quite some time. But when Alabama was really rolling early in SEC play, it was because Herb was kind of running the show as the point guard and was, you know, able to – he was only, he was always making plays for others, but he was able to really get to the rim and score. Um, he had a lot of confidence in his shot. Um, but, you know, now when uh, – Quinterly kind of coming along and, you know, establishing himself as the point guard, even as the sixth man. Um, you know, I feel like Herb's role offensively has just kind of been like um, – kind of become a gray area a little bit. Like they're really not sure what to do with him because when Quinterly's out there, you have to have the ball in his hands because right. that's when he's at his best. And I feel like right now Herb's role, like he's just trying to figure out how is he going to play off the ball. You know, he was so good um, – as a ball handler. So how do you think they can make that work with um, Quinterly and Herb on the floor at the same time? Um, because Herb, even though his shot has improved, he's not a guy that you can just, you know, stick out on the perimeter in space. Mm -hmm. um, but he can do a lot of things as a slasher and driving the ball. Definitely. So I, I do think probably part of the reason that we've seen kind of a regression with Herb's offense could be because of the injury he was kind of going through along with the emergence of Quinterly as the offensive threat he's become. And I think a big part of that, too, is as you're getting Herb healthier, I think he's going to continue to slash. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities for that in these tournament settings now that he's he's more rested than he would be. Because after Saturday, we get you know almost a week break before we get into the SEC tournament. 
that's going to be really big for her to get the chance to heal up, rest up, um, and really get closer to 100% as he's continued to inch towards there. So I think that could open up a lot for her with JQ on the floor and with him off the floor. Um, and on the floor, I think, you know, we can get him going, especially towards the rim, the same ways that we're capable of getting JQ going. You know, we talk about how we give JQ a handback situation. He can get to the rim and really create for himself and others. Same thing with Herb. Um, and I know something we've talked about before as well is giving Herb post opportunities and touches because he's such a good passer that he's able to kick out. But he's also, you know, since he is such a good passer, guys are going to have to give him a little bit more room because if you're helping off Alabama shooters, Herb's going to find him and hit him. Once you give Herb a little bit more space, he's going to be able to get to the rim. And for him and his offensive role, it's all about just being able to finish at the rim. There's been some times where it's a bit frustrating with the struggles to finish at the rim for the whole team and for Herb uh, specifically since we're talking about him. If Herb's really gets if Herb really gets going, he's able to finish at the rim through post opportunities, through handbacks, through whatever it may be. I think that's how you get this offense rolling because then he's going to get a lot more confident. He's going to feed the pain a lot more consistently. And that's when Alabama is really, really going to be a threat in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of it's obviously going to be matchup-based, but I wonder if Alabama could have some success with some lineups with him at the five. Um, Because, you know, offensively, as teams have started to figure out the best way to defend Alabama, you know, I feel like if you go kind of go super small there with him at the five and, you know, Quinterly in, um, Shaq, Petty, and then, you know, one of Primo or Ellis – you know, that gives you five guys that can shoot it, five guys that can put it on the floor and make plays. I feel like that would be really tough to guard. Um, and one thing that Alabama has, um, the luxury that they have, is that no matter what lineup they put on the floor, um, it's going to be good defensively. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter who's um, at the five, um, you know, or who's playing the guard spots. Um, Alabama's going to be set defensively um, because they don't really have any weaknesses. Nobody's really getting exploited. You know, with Herb at the five, he's kind of like, um, you know, he can guard one through five. You know, we know that. Um, and so I, I think that would be interesting to see down the stretch if Alabama goes to that um, at times to try to, you know, get a spark offensively um, and just try to space the floor a little more than they already do. Um, but at the same time, Alabama really struggles um, with defensive rebounding. So going smaller than they usually do might not even be feasible. Um, so, you know, they got the win over Auburn. Um, so they, you know, didn't lose a game at home in SEC play, um, which is really important. You know, um, if you can protect home floor in conference and then win, um, you know, half or even more of that than your away games in a power five conference, you know, you know, the SEC is not at full strength this year. Um, but that's still a really impressive feat, um, for this team. So really impressive to protect their home floor in conference. But they still got one more um, conference game at Georgia. You know, um, everybody knows what happened when these two teams met earlier. Um, Alabama put up 115 points. Um, it would be hard to see Alabama replicating that performance. Um, but Georgia just coming off a 91-70 to 70 loss at home to South Carolina. Um, really disappointing loss for them, especially – um, after they had just beaten LSU um, on that same court by 13 points. Um, so, Matt, what can we expect from Georgia um, in this game? You know, given how Alabama struggled um, at Mississippi State and had to pull away late, um, how do you see this game 
playing out. So I, I don't think it's going to be like that Mississippi State game where we really struggled, um, especially as late later in the game, and you had to hit, have that Rojas three to really, you know, put you ahead to where they weren't going to get you. Um, the reason I, for that is I think Mississippi State's a pretty solid defensive team, and Georgia's just not. Um, Mississippi State, they're so big that they're able to create a lot of issues for Alabama. They're able to protect the rim a little bit better. Uh, their wings are long and athletic and quick, and they're able to stay in front of our guards a little bit easier. Where Georgia just doesn't have that going for him. Um, Severe Wheeler is really good on defense because he's able to get steals. He's a small guy though, so he's able to he gives up a lot of ground because of his size. Um, and then Kamar is another guy who's pretty solid on defense because he's lengthy, he's athletic. Um, I think he had like 13 boards and a couple blocks against us last time. Um, but you know, I I just don't see Georgia hanging around this game for too long because of their lack of defense. Um, you know, I, I think Georgia, the reason, the way that they're going to be able to keep this game interesting is if they're able to stop Alabama, um, number one, obviously. Um, but they're going to have to score against Alabama's defense to really keep this game close because of the fact that I don't see them being able to slow down guys like Herb. I don't see them slowing down. You know, I don't know how they're going to stop Quinterly from getting to the hole. Um, now that Quinterly is really kind of seeing himself more as a guy who's able to get downhill consistently. He did it a lot more against Auburn rather than just kind of ISO size up and then kick out after 15 seconds of dribbling. He's really getting to the rim a little bit quicker now. Um, so I think he could be a really big mismatch for Georgia in this game. Um, and Georgia wants to play fast. They're not going to play slow like Mississippi State. So they don't have the bigs. They play a different tempo. So because of that, I don't see this game going, you know, all that similar to what Mississippi State was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do wonder – um, what's going to happen with how Georgia's going to approach this game. You know, when you give up 115 points, um, it's, you gotta, you've got to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, you know, maybe we can't um, play the same way we did in that first game. Um, because, you know, Alabama was just, yeah, they shot the ball well from three in that game, but they also shot like 70% from two. You know, Georgia Georgia is one of the smallest teams in the SEC. They might be the smallest um, in terms of just height. Um, so Alabama was able to get a lot at the paint. You know, that's one thing. If you don't have rim protection, um, Alabama does go to the rim, um, and they have a lot of success doing that. Um, so, yeah, they shot the ball well um, in that first game against Georgia, but it was opened up because they were getting whatever they wanted in the paint in that game. Um, you know, we talked about um, defensively, you know, Georgia was able to get a little uh, more than you would like. But, you know, that like we said, it was kind of more dictated by the pace of the game. Um, I think Alabama really, really can lock down Georgia. Um, they just match up so well with them. You know, like I said, Georgia doesn't have an inside presence. Um, they don't have a great shooting. And they turn the ball over a good bit. So I hope that Alabama is able to create some turnovers and get out and run. And kind of like find itself again, you know, you know, running in transition, you know, making some threes uh, on the fast break, you know, running to the rim. Um, that's what I want to see from Alabama um, in this game, because you know that's that's what they're going to have to do if they're going to want to make a run in the NCAA tournament. It's got to be like that, you know. They've slipped to 40th in offensive efficiency, um, and for Alabama to be successful to win the SEC tournament, to make an NCAA tournament run, they've got to be better than that on offense. So their defense has um, won them a lot of games. 
but they're also going to be playing a lot better offensive teams than what they've seen in the SEC. Um, Cause even the best teams in the SEC are not um, great offensive teams. Um, so, you know, and one way to get that efficiency up is to get out and run in transition. Um, so Matt, what do you think about the, how the offense has looked and some ways that they can improve upon that in the stretch run where they're really going to need it? Yes. I mean, offensively, like I really don't think we've looked as bad as the numbers show because I do think the shot quality has been, it's been there. Like it's been good. You're getting open looks from three and they're just not falling. So I think a big part of it is you just got to, you've got to start seeing a bigger bucket. You've got to start just knocking down shots, continue to grow confidence for guys like Josh Primo, for guys like John Petty. Um, they, they just really need to get going. I think that's going to open up so much. And like we talked about, we need to get Herb to the rim consistently. We need him being able to score, you know, 14 points in the paint, getting feed in the paint consistently so he can spray it out. We need plays like that. We need to get JQ going. You know, JQ, uh, he finally had his first bad three-point shooting night against Auburn for the first time in it seems like forever. Um, so you're going to hope that, you know, that improves um, back to where he was playing at such a high level. Um, and you want to get him going to the rim like he did again against Auburn. Um, so I think that the offense is fine. Um, it's still something I'm not overly concerned about because um, I do think that they're such a good three-point shooting team with such effective shooters that shots are going to start to fall. And like we talked about earlier, I think this is a team built for tournament settings um, to where I think that the offense is going to be fine moving forward. You just want to see them, you know, like the Auburn games, stay cutting down on turnovers, don't have self-inflicted wounds. Um, because if you're going to be shooting a lot of threes and they're not going to fall, you don't want to hurt yourself with turnovers as well. Um, so I think it's all about just, you know, continuing to get high-quality shots, continuing to move the ball, um, maybe even a little bit better. Um, I know that's something we've talked about on here. You know, the sets that we run when we run them, they're almost always effective. But the same goes for whenever we actually move the ball around the perimeter rather than standing in one spot, standing still off the ball, waiting to see what's going to happen. When we do, you know, quickly swing, and get the defense out of position, it gives Alabama a lot of really good looks. And I feel like we get a lot of really good corner threes out of that, um, which Alabama shoots really well. Um, so I think it's all about, you know, just getting those things going again, getting back to what you were doing so well against Kentucky at Rupp, against LSU on the road. And, you know, the games where Alabama was really, really rolling to get that going again moving forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean – there's definitely a formula that Alabama knows um, that works for them. And they just got to get back to that. You know, they've got to get some of those guys playing at that level that they were playing at. You know, we talked about Primo's kind of hit a rough patch. Um, Herb, Herb's kind of picking it back up again now that he's healthy. Um, and they got Bruner back. So, you know, hopefully with all these guys kind of, you know, getting healthy again, um, you know, working through some freshman struggles in Primo's case, you know, I think by the time they get to the tournament time, they'll be ready to go offensively. You know, all it takes is, you know, like you said, all it takes is one game where they put it all together um, to build some momentum. Um, you know, once you get into the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Um, but one thing that Alabama does have going for them is obviously, one, their defense. Um, they're still third in defensive efficiency um, in the country. Um, but then, you know, offensively, they've got so many guys that can make it happen um, that they're still so tough to guard on any given night because you can't focus on one guy and take him away. Um, they've got so many guys that can hurt you at so many different spots. Um, so, you know, we talked about Quinterly. He's really found himself a role 
Um, Shackelford's kind of taken over as the go-to scorer. You know, they just need they need John um, and Herb to kind of regain that uh, offensive um, prowess that they had going early in conference play. And you know, who knows what this team's ceiling is? You know, that's kind of um, that's kind of the thing about this, Matt, is we're we're, we're having to find things to critique. You know, when they've won, they've gone twenty and six, and you know, in this um, stretch where it feels like they haven't played their best ball. They're still winning games, and they haven't lost. They haven't taken a bad loss, um, yeah. In you know, in a long time. Uh, so that is that. There is something to say about that about how they still find ways to win, um, win tough games, win close games. You know, you'd rather have larger margins of victory um, against teams like South Carolina and Vandy. But there's something to be said that this team. Um, unlike previous Alabama teams, they just find ways to win. Um, and I think a lot of that speaks to their, uh, their leadership and their, the veteran guys in the locker room. Um, so what do you think about that? Just some of the intangibles this team has and how they just keep finding ways to win. Cause those are the teams that really can make it far um, in March. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, we're just kind of grasping here, trying to find things to nitpick. Um, yeah. The offense can be better, but the offense is also still really good. You know, this team's only lost six games um, with an opportunity to finish 21-6 and six in the regular season. And it's – whenever you look at it, we really took away, you know, three or four bye games that you usually have. So that means you're really finishing closer to something like 25-6 and six in a normal season or 24-7 and seven or something like that um, yeah. based on the games you lost in non-conference. So, I mean, this team is ridiculously good. And like you said, they just find ways to win games. Um, even that Oklahoma game. They went down double digits, fought back, only lost by five. Against Missouri, you were down by what felt like a million. You stormed back in the last five minutes and really should have won that game. You should have stole that one in Missouri. Um, really, the Arkansas game is the only game in SEC play where I felt like we just got flat-out beat, um, where I felt like for the most of the second half, we didn't have a great shot to win the game um, because this team does find ways to win. And even whenever you feel like you're out, you're not out because of the way this team can get hot from three. Uh, the way that they're able to force you into turnovers and get out and run and score quick buckets. And I think that's going to be a recipe to where it could really win you some games in March that, you know, if a team wants to lock you down, keep you under 70, Alabama isn't great in games like that, but they found ways to win by only scoring 70. Uh, they did it against Kentucky. They did it against Auburn. They scored under 70 against Mississippi State. Uh, they only scored 71 against Tennessee. So this team's capable of winning games without having to score 85 points. Uh, this defense is built to win you games like that. You know, they're third overall in defensive efficiency. This is a team that if you want to lock them down, they're going to do it to you too. So it really doesn't matter what you try to do. Um, they're able to turn you over. They're able to force you into tough shots so they can get out and run and transition. Um, so I, I think the way that this team just fights, you can tell they take the attitude of Coach Oates, um, that they're not going to give up. They're going to play hard. They bought into the blue collar mentality. Um, and that's, that's why I do believe this team is a team that's built for March. They're a team that's built for, you know, the SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, everything it entails, because they're just – they're winners. These guys are fighting hard. Um, they have great senior leadership from the three guys we mentioned that are from the state, including Jordan Bruner, who's such a vocal leader. You know, even when he was hurt and out of games, you could see him coaching guys up, pointing out where we can improve certain areas on the sideline. So I think reasons like that are just kind of what makes this team so special and the reason that they're so capable of making a run. 
Yeah, and, you know, when you just look at the numbers on Ken Palm, you know, 17th in three-point rate offensively, um, and then top 60 in defensive three-point rate, and then 12th in defensive three-point percentage. Um, so if you can shoot the three and then take away the three defensively, um, that's going to give you a good shot in a lot of games. You know, that's why it's so hard for teams to just be more efficient on the offensive end than Alabama, um, because you know Alabama is going to take the efficient shots. You know, they're not um, – if there's going to be a reason for Alabama to struggle offensively, it's because they are turning the ball over or they just aren't hitting shots. So that's what you've got to hope for against Alabama. You know, either you've got to turn them over or you just got to hope that they miss some of those threes um, that they're getting on those kickouts. Because, you know, like we said, there were so many in the Auburn game that were just great looks that just didn't go down, which was pretty frustrating to watch. But at the same time, you know, that eventually they're going to fall. Um, so that's why it's just so tough to – even on when Alabama has an off night offensively, it's so bad – it's so tough to, to beat them because, you know, like I said, 40% of Alabama's points do come from three. And then defensively, only 25% of their opponents come from three. So if they're getting – you know, threes and you're getting twos, they're going to take that every time. And eventually the math is just not going to add up in your favor if you're the opponent. Um, so Alabama's got that going for them. You know, they figured out um, some some stuff defensively this year, obviously. And it's really a plan that's – it's so tough to beat because, like I said, they – and they've got all the intangibles too. They're so tough. They don't um, lose their head when things go um, – wrong early in games you know they showed that at Oklahoma and at Missouri you know they're never out of the game with the way that they shoot the ball um so if, if they're able to find some three-point shooting um now would be the time to do it because they get to go on a serious run um with the way that they play defensively um so Matt I think that's all I've got for Georgia um is there anything on the recruiting front that you want to talk about um no not really I mean Charles Bediaco it's it's March, so maybe this time he'll decide when he says he's going to. Um, it went from January to February to March. Um, I, I saw a tweet that it was rumored that maybe he'll commit on his birthday, which I think it said was like the 19th, maybe, something like that, something along those lines. Um, so hopefully we'll see a decision from him this month. Um, Namari Burnett, um, still not a whole lot on that front. That's kind of a quiet recruitment. Um, we've seen that he Zoomed with Illinois a bunch of times, but we haven't seen it reported with any other schools that he's Zoomed with. And he has said, you know, multiple times that Illinois, Alabama, Vandy, USC, and um, Oregon have been hard on him. So I think it's just more that the press isn't coming from, you know, those school sides where it's coming from the Illinois side. Um, so I think he has said that he's going to wait until April, I believe, to announce. Um, so it's kind of just wait and see mode recruiting wise. Um, I think the whole staff is focused in on what's ahead um, on the court as opposed to recruiting right now. Um, so kind of just wait and see. We'll see what Betty Ako decides, and we'll see kind of how the roster shakes out from there. Because if Betty Ako does commit to Alabama, they don't have any spots left unless someone is to transfer. Um, so it's kind of just wait and see right now. Yeah, that is one thing about, you know, next year is that there are set at a lot of spots on the roster, mm -hmm. um, which makes uh, recruiting interesting to follow. Um, so I apologize. I meant to send out a tweet for questions and I, it totally slipped my mind. Um, but we'll get to that next time. And, you know, after the Georgia game, we'll 
we'll go through the whole SEC tournament and do kind of a preview of that, um, which should be a lot of fun. Um, it's looking like we're going to get Ole Miss or Kentucky. Is that what it's? Yeah, something like that. Maybe Mississippi State, Kentucky, something like that. Something along yeah, those lines. Those three are kind of like in that – there's like a jumble of teams in the 8-9 spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Alabama will play the first game on Friday regardless. Um, we'll just have to wait and see who it's going to be against. Um, so, maybe we'll uh, – I don't know how we're going to make that work if we want to preview the opponent because that game will be happening on Thursday. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that earlier. So I don't know if maybe we should do like a a pod to where we kind of break down our picks at the SEC tournament. You know, maybe yeah. get some fan interaction in there as well and see if they mm -hmm. can tweet us their brackets and things like that. And, um, yeah, that might be fun. And then we can kind of come in, preview the game that we know it's going to happen once it happens. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get you guys some pods. There won't be a shortage, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be podcasting all through March. So it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so – that's all we've got. We appreciate you guys listening as always. And we will talk to you again after the joint.